Next on BYU Sports Nation, Jimmer is coming, and that's a direct quote from the Phoenix Suns head coach. How much will the lonely master play tonight? What's the number one qualification the next BYU Hoops coach has to have? Plus, BYU and the Tournament of Things, Cosmo against Royal Blue. What is the champion on Championship Wednesday? Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Wednesday, April 3rd, wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with four-time Y Awards host, Jerem Jordan. Well, that would apply to you as well. Uh, tonight, we are hosting the said Y Awards. It is open to the public if you want to come down and hang out. Marriott Center, 7 o'clock. Uh, it's not broadcast anywhere, so that means we can say jokes we wouldn't normally be able to say on BYU TV, which is very exciting. <laughs> Our five-year anniversary <laughs> of hosting the Y Awards. Do you, you have a favorite moment from the previous four years? Yeah, but again, I can't say it on BYU TV. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to know, then well, you got to show your, up. What was your favorite? Probably the recap of Juddy Face. That's yeah, that probably was, the hardest that I have laughed. Yeah. In the Y Awards. And this is the first time that Tom Hummel will actually be there because he's been on the men's basketball NCAA selection committee, right? Lucky you, Tom. Yeah, and we're really You're hoping back. that Greg Rubel says yes at some point to this. We, we enjoyed doing it, but, you know. It's been a, it's been a run. <laughs> Are we going to do it forever? Like, it's very fun. I was I going to it. say, it's been an amazing run, but I'm like, I don't, I don't know if I should I, call it amazing. <laughs> Well, that's that's in the eye of the beholder, exactly. right? Yeah, exactly. No, we, it's been a run. Here's the thing: we have fun with it. We hope that the athletes, coaches, administration do as well. And if they don't, um, why do you keep asking us to do it? So I think they're having fun, Smith. Yes. Yeah, I'd make that <laughs> assumption for sure. But you know what happens when we do that sometimes. Let's have some fun with today's show lineup. BYU tight end Matt Bushman goes one-on-one with Jerem Jordan. What did Jerem learn from Mr. Bushman as he prepares for his junior season? Jeffrey Sue from 33rd-ranked BYU men's tennis. Why the sudden success for that team and their meteoric rise? And BYU women's soccer coach Jen Rockwood on getting ready to host Argentina, who beat Utah Valley last night 3-1. to one. We I now present so. today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Maybe you've heard. Jimmer, Fredette, and the Phoenix Suns host the Utah Jazz tonight at 10 p.m. Eastern, 8 Mountain. Fredette expected to play more, but how much more? Jimmer currently averaging four points a game on 8.3 minutes. After five games back in the association. In baseball, Utah beat number 24 BYU 8-6 last night in Salt Lake, ending BYU's eight-game win streak. Abraham Valdez went two for four with a run and an RBI. The 21-6 Cougars hit a uh, West Coast Conference play with a three-game series at San Diego starting Thursday night, 9 Eastern on BYU Radio and the app. Beat the Utes next Tuesday. BYU softball beat up on Southern Utah 13-4 last night. Libby Sugg, a perfect 4-4 at the plate. Three runs batted in, a home run. She also scored three times. The Cougars, 14-18 on the season, begin West Coast Conference play Friday with a weekend series against LMU in Los Angeles. Tough way to open up. That's a program that's improving. First game at 5 Eastern. And the Alliance of American Football, or AAF, 
has ceased operations in year one after eight weeks of games. This affects former Cougars Jordan Leslie, Hanson Taniello, Tanner Baldry, Mike Hanneman, and Tooney Knuch of the Salt Lake Stallions. While no specific reason was cited for ending the league, the decision was made after, quote, uh, after careful consideration, end quote. Now, this is interesting because the owner of the Carolina Hurricanes, Tom Dundon, paid $250 million to become the primary stakes holder of the AAF, and he's reported to lose $70 million mm-hmm. in all of this, mm-hmm. but he inherits a bunch of amazing new advanced technology because he is the primary owner. So is he really going to lose $70 million when all is said and done? What tech did he inherit? Just some ideas, right? Well, not just ideas. It is, it is about gambling, and the in, AAF in, created gambling apps? in-game gambling oh. applications oh. that I'm, are supposed to be worth potentially billions of dollars. So okay. there you go. Okay, there you go. Oh, tinfoil hat guy. <laughs> you know, was it all meant to be this way? All rise and shout. It's time for what's trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's what's trending on BYU Sports Nation. The Utah Jazz better be ready. But don't take my word for it. Here's Phoenix Suns head coach Igor Kokoshkov when asked about Jimmer Fredette yesterday. We just get him ready for Utah. That's what it is. So just a warm up. He's got it tomorrow to work on his game. And Queen Snyder better be ready. Jimmer is coming. Oh, he, says dead, he, says, he says it with such a he's straight face. Pen. He's dead pen. Sorry, and we cut off the end. He said, and I'm serious. Oh, he's, gonna he's going more. to play more. Yes, yeah, a yeah. few things. Igor Kokoshkov is a very close friend and protege of Quinn Snyder. He has a very dry sense of humor, deadpan, as you just saw. But he did end the soundbite, as you pointed out, Jerem, saying, Jimmer will play more, and I'm serious about that. So let's have some fun with this and play more or less. Presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. Jerem, will Jimmer Fredette play more or less than 14 minutes, which is what he played in his first game against the Jazz? Tonight against Utah in part two. I'm thinking more. If he says something like that, then he probably means it, right? So uh, if he played 14 in Salt Lake, perhaps he plays 14 uh, in Phoenix. It would be nice because more minutes probably mean more shots, which equals more points for Jimmer. He he had a uh, terrible shooting night in Salt Lake. Hopefully it's much better. It was one for ten. Uh, I imagined uh, that Jimmer will play a better game. I think this is his first game in double figures tonight. So I'm going to go more okay. on minutes and, of course, on points. Jimmer Fredette will play more than 14 minutes. Why? Because I believe the head coach. And he says it's going to happen. Like, it's, it's going to happen. Uh, I, I noticed something in Jimmer Fredette's last stat line. When I first saw the six points against the Cavs and the plus nine, <laughs> okay, I thought, okay, at what point in the fourth quarter did he enter the game? And he played in the second quarter. So I thought, okay, well, that's interesting. He played in the second quarter in a Suns win. Didn't play very many minutes, but this is not the. It was not the typical. Hey, insert him in the fourth quarter. Let him get a few shots up. Excite the fans. Like he played early in the game. So against the Cavs, who are terrible as well, they're terrible. They doth stinketh to me. The Jazz do not stink. They are currently the number five seed in the Western Conference as they approach the playoffs. So when will Jimmer play? I think he's going to play more, but I would imagine it'll be something like we saw the first time around. Second quarter entry early, maybe he plays until halftime, then comes in late in the third quarter and plays much of the fourth quarter. So I think more than 14 minutes. It would be fantastic to see Jimmer hit his first three since his return to the NBA. Yeah, he hasn't made one. What is he, 0 for 5? 0 for 6. 
He was two for three against the Cavs. <laughs> plus nine. That, yeah, yeah, uh, it's hard that, to have a plus minus that's positive when you play for the Suns. The Suns are tanking, okay? They're tanking for Zion. So why not play your boy James Taft? Okay, congratulations, by the way, to Jimmer and Whitney who had their second baby. And, and I feel really similar to Jimmer, by the way. So our wives are both named Whitney. We both had girls. And then we both have boys. His is Taft, mine's Tate. I feel like, and I'm a great shooter like him. So oh, I was I waiting could... for it. I knew you were going to go there. <laughs> I was waiting for it. There's only one major difference between he and I. And it's mainly shooting. And then the second is how much we make. <laughs> It's been, You're a great shooter. It's been eight days since Dave Rose <laughs> announced his retirement as the men's basketball coach. Cougar administration, including Tom Holman and Brian Santiago, continue the national search for the next guy. So, Spencer, what's the most important qualification the next head coach needs to have? I agree with what Mark Durant said yesterday on this program and what Kalani Satake has alluded to on several occasions on the football side. Recruiting is the lifeblood of any program and the success that is tied to it. It is recruiting. I don't know. Everybody wants to say, got to be media savvy and you got to be friendly and excite the fan base. You know what excites the fan base? Winning a lot of games and having good players. Period. The end. There are a lot of coaches that are surly and not super, uh, I guess, friendly towards the media, but they win a lot of games. And does anybody care? Does anybody care when you have great players and you win a lot of games? That is the number one thing. So recruiting is the lifeblood and the number one thing that whoever the new BYU coach is needs to do because that's where the concern lies right now is what's left in the tank after Yoli Childs becomes the third consecutive player left with eligibility as the leading scorer to leave the program early. We thought it was getting people to BYU. It's actually keeping people at BYU. You got to recruit your guys. You got to recruit your guys basically on an annual basis, sometimes month to month. Player development, the ability to get them to the next level and probably the NBA. This is not a place where players come and get to the NBA at the moment. Jimmer's returned to the NBA and that's great. Hopefully Childs can become a G League guy, a two-week way guy that gets into the league yes. that would be great because i think he's got enough of the athleticism of it he's lacking in a few areas he has some strong points as well but this is a top 40 program in terms of tradition and facilities the next guy can win here kboy has 29 ncaa tournament appearances that's tied for 24th that's more than maryland pitt michigan wisconsin virginia gonzaga 10th largest arena in college that basketball is wild this is a great place to play yeah. basketball and to coach basketball so hopefully the next guy can come in here yes you play second fiddle to gonzaga in the west coast conference we all know it that's fine are you realistically playing for a conference championship at the moment that would be a heck no but that dynasty won't last forever at some point that will crack and someone else will win the regular season and guess what? You can win the tournament in Vegas, as St. Mary showed us this year, even if that team's in the top five. So I'm with you. Recruiting, it's getting people here, and then it's keeping people. Because think about the players that BYU had. We always talk about Eric and Elijah and now Yoli, but BYU had the whack player of the year in Jake Toulson. They also had a guy that went for 30-plus in the ACC at Boston College and Jordan Chapman with TJ Haas and Nick Emery on the same team. That's a team that was going to go into the tournament and win a game or two or more, but they never stayed together. you got to be able to keep that group together. Exactly. It's not just recruiting of players out of high school. It's recruiting your guys to buy into the program year after year. I don't know how much of that's on the coach either. I can't quantify that, but I know that that's a challenge. Wow. 
Well, it's listed, and uh, literally, here is the job description in front of us. Yeah, we, we've got it. So, uh, <laughs> it's, yeah, travel it's a real extensively to evaluate talent. Yeah, you can look it up. You can look it up. Five-plus years of uh, D1 college basketball experience preferred. Well, that's oh, not it's the preferred. Case. It's not That's not required. the case in the NBA, guys, right? But it's like, and if you're in the NBA, preferred. it's cool, too. Preferred. I wish that was in parentheses. If your name's Mark Madsen, Alex Jensen, and Kevin Young, you're still cool. Ability to communicate and organize strongly and effectively. Jerem. You lining up for this, man? Let's go. Uh, that'd be a heck no. BYU football has recruited a graduate transfer at running back. His name is Emmanuel Isupa, and he joined us yesterday saying the following. This is a team that's on the rise, that has a lot of promise. Um, and, you know, they had a, you know, they had a little bit of depth issue at the running back spot, so I'm just here to help the best I can and hopefully get a lot of wins this season. Ah, uh, yes, and hopefully the wins start in game number one, which is... Countdown to the youths. 148 days away from BYU-Utah to open up the college football season in late August. Emmanuel Supa, well-spoken kid, very enjoyable interview. Will he start in game one against Utah because of the running back situation? No. I think it's Lapini Katoa. Isupa is going to show up on campus, he said, probably sometime in May. He hasn't been in this offense, right? Um, Perhaps he could start. I don't know. Uh, But if he does, that tells you a lot about Lopini. Like, did he not have it together or is he hurt? I think Tyler Algier is is right there at number two. Emmanuel Isupa is 5'11", 232. Based on our conversation and his height and weight, you'd think he's the guy that gets the hard yard, right? And uh, average four yards a pop. You want to be around four and a half, five yards carry if you're like real good, right? Six touchdowns in his career, had uh, two games of 100-plus early in the season. So he's a guy that can get it done. I like the depth. I know BYU's still going after um, some running backs. There perhaps might be a grad transfer out there that BYU is still looking at, and I think that would help. I, we need to see Tyler Algier um, take a, a leap forward. We need to see Lopini Cato be that number one guy for a full season. I don't think BYU has a 1,000-yard rusher on the squad, but it would be nice if Katoa was like the 750 guy. I think Lopini Katoa is the most versatile of the BYU running backs, meaning that He's probably the best pass catcher out of the backfield. Yeah, we don't know about Isupa and Algier and f- even Kavik Fanua as pass catchers, really. We don't know what Fanua is going to do at all. You want a guy that seasons. can do a bunch of things, and Lopini Katoa can do a bunch of things. That said, Isupa comes from a program where there is a premium on blocking and physicality. So I don't think that... BYU necessarily is going to utilize him as a primary ball carrier. It, he'll be a jack-of-all-trades, and he's going to block. He, Oh, man, you better believe that Jeff Grimes is going to utilize that huge physical body to block in the running game. And but probably, not as a fullback. He's coming in as a no, running back. True, but, I mean, you better believe he's going to protect Zach Wilson and is going to be put on a max protect packages and things like that. He, he's a good blocking back. So I, I like what uh, he brings to the table, but I still think Lopini Katoa is the most dynamic and the most versatile BYU running back has, which is why I think he'll start against Utah. We only know about one dude, really. We don't know what Isupa can do. We don't know what Katoa, or sorry, we know Katoa. We don't, we don't know what Kavik Fonua can do after two years out or Tyler Algier, really. So there's right, a lot well, of unknown of this right, position. We, well, we have an idea of what Isupa can do based on his stats and what he did at Rice. Yeah, he, did, he didn't play a ton. He got hurt. Last year, like just the first cut. One of those games was Prairie View A&M. Like, it's, like, it's different when you're playing Utah, USC, Tennessee, Washington, right? So 
I, I hope he can come in and make an impact. Protect the quarterback. <laughs> well, run the rock, right, too? Sure, we sure. Need him to run and the running rock. the rock successfully helps protect the quarterback because you've got to keep a defense honest. Our question of the day, back to Igor Kokoshkov and the Phoenix Suns, who said the Utah Jazz better be ready because Jimmer is coming. Did he say that on April Fool's, by the way? Have we looked into that? Let's find do we, out. Do we think that that's a joke? Date. Do we time. think it's real? I'm pretty it sure yesterday? that it was yesterday, April second. Okay. okay, just okay. checking. But we just we checking. can confirm this. I'm pretty sure it was April second. It'd be weird to say a delayed <laughs> April Fool's, April Fool's like, joke. Uh, maybe he didn't know. Jokes on you, Jimmer fans. Tonight, DNPs. <laughs> Our question of the day: What is your expected stat line for Jimmer for debt tonight? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation. On BYU Sports Nation. Really? This is our first tweet? Mike Brown answers on Facebook. Facebook. Here's an Eeyore uh, message. (laughs) He's getting no playing time, which is sad. Play the piano music. He might put up three points, get five minutes or so. Why bother? Why bother? Should have stayed in China. (laughs) Mike, did you hear Igor? Boo-hoo. He's not playing. He's getting next to no playing time. I believe the head coach. I believe the head coach. He might put up three points, get five minutes or so. I'm so sad. (laughs) What voice is that? I don't know. I don't know It's Mike Brown on Facebook. No, no, you're right. He's not playing a ton. He's playing eight minutes. We hope he plays more. Yeah. I believe the head coach until he doesn't... Hey, do what he says he's going to do. It's the first block. We don't have the kind of negativity in here. Come on, man. Bring the energy Come down. Come on, bro. Hashtag BYUSN, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. got past the goalie. Five hole right there. <laughs> Coming up, why did Matt Bushman emerge in the back half of last season, and how's his recovery from shoulder surgery? Uh, we'll find out next. He goes one-on-one with Jerem as we put a bow on BYU spring football. Also, is it important to him to know the number of days until BYU plays Utah? I don't think he'd tease it if it was no. But this is BYU Sports Nation. <laughs> More or less is brought to you by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU baseball team led by Conference Player of the Week. Brock Hale continues West Coast Conference play starting tomorrow with the three-game series at San Diego with premier pitcher Chris Murphy. Listen to the whole series on BYU Radio starting tomorrow night at 9 Eastern. Do it! Live from Studio B with your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. Listen to BYUS and On Demand by downloading the podcast. You can watch the show whenever, wherever, and however you'd like. BYUSN.com. Our question of the day. With the announcement that Jimmer Fredette is going to play more. <laughs> what is your expected stat line for Jimmer tonight? Ethan answers on Instagram. This is the exact opposite of what we heard from our first That's what response. I need, man. Ethan on Instagram. Blue goggle, Blue goggle alert. alert. Oh, Blue okay. Alert. I think Blue he and Devin alert. Booker will combine for 75 alert. points. <laughs> 16 rebounds and four assists. This will cause the NBA to declare Jimmer Mania is back. Oh, oh Jimmer Mania is oh, already back. They won't say it. They'll declare it. It's already back. Wow. It was declared when he got a standing ovation on the road in Utah and went one for 10 and people didn't seem to care. How many of those points will come from Devin Booker is my question. 50 or 60? <laughs> hey, even 58 if Jimmer goes for 17. Hey. After Jimmer put up 52 at New Mexico, Mountain West semifinals of the tournament, 2011, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I asked Noah Hartsock, what will you remember from tonight? And he said that Jimmer Fredette and I combined for 59 points. <laughs> so he had seven. 
Hashtag BYUSN, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Hope Noah's doing well. Matt Bushman of BYU Football, a returning freshman All-American going into last season, got off to a bit of a slow start. I know he had the touchdown catch against Arizona, but then he kind of disappeared midseason, but began to reemerge once Zach Wilson became the starting quarterback at BYU and then really burst onto the scene against Utah, making some incredible plays and catches, which leads us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Matt Bushman ended up leading BYU with 511 receiving yards in 2018. He led the year before, and 511 is way too low of a number for the leading receiver, by the way. Two years in a row, the freshman All-American Matt Bushman is the leading receiver for BYU. Jeremy, you had the opportunity to go one-on-one with him recently to wrap up BYU spring football and... Learn some more things about the kid from Tucson. Here is Matt Bushman, one-on-one, BYU football, all access on BYU Sports Nation. All right, Matt, uh, you're part of the, uh, I guess, injured several guys of uh, spring ball recovering. Not a, not a uh, foreign thing to spring ball, but what's it been like for you to not play and try and recover here? Um, it's definitely been different uh, just because it was the first one I haven't really participated in. But it's been good just helping out the younger guys, watching them. Uh, succeed and just get better these past 15 practices um, in our, the tight end room we just coach Clark has the guys that are injured just stay involved by t- always teaching giving teaching points to the to the new guys and it really helps me personally just because I'm remembering everything from the season and all the little calls and just teaching points that you kind of forget as the season ends so so it's definitely been good um, even though I'm not playing just to remember all that stuff what, uh, I guess, type or, or what were you hoping to accomplish with the shoulder surgery you had in the offseason? Um, well, it was just, I mean, it happens. You get injured. So I just wanted to, I mean, obviously I want to get better. I want to get come back stronger than I was last year because, I mean, I heard it halfway through the season and just kind of dealing with it. So it'll be good just to get it fully strengthened. It's been a lot. Of, it's been good. I've just seen the progress that I've had the past three months. So, yeah, I'm excited for the future. feels good. So, yeah. Now, wait a minute. I think you took a, a big leap forward the back half of the season. Are you telling me you got injured and then you got more involved? Is that what you're telling me? Yeah, I guess that's how it works. <laughs> I, <laughs> um, yeah, I just, it was like the NIU game when my shoulder dislocated. And after that, I just kind of had to find ways to get things done. And, yeah, I mean, as as that season went on, I started getting the ball more and started getting out, running routes. So, yeah, kind of weird that I was injured when it was happening, but it didn't hinder too too much of my performance. So um, I'm excited just to get it stronger again, though. How did you play through that? Um, I don't know. Just Obviously, the trainers do a good job of helping us before the game and making sure we're cleared to go. And they said I could. I couldn't do anything worse to it. So as, I don't know, I just tried to strengthen it when, when I could. And... I mean, blocking was definitely hard because there's some big suckers that I was blocking. But, uh, yeah, you just have to, I don't know, football's a tough sport. You have to be tough. Describe to me what it was like to have such a good game in the Utah game specifically, where now I'm thinking about all the times you're crashing into people uh, in, into the end zone for the touchdown in particular. Um, I mean, it was, it was just awesome to have a chance to do what I could for the team and 
Uh, me and Zach were, or Zach and I were just building that chemistry. And before the Utah game, we were practicing those back shoulder throws that we hadn't really been doing. And it was just nice to put that into the actual a game scenario. Um, but yeah, it was obviously good to score, um, good to make plays. But this game one means a lot to us, the whole team. And since we couldn't pull it off uh, this past season, we're really looking forward to giving our best shot and playing our best ball the first game of the year. A lot of people have had that same sentiment that we've talked to in spring, that the Utah game has been an extra motivator. In fact, you guys break the huddle with beat Utah. Um, so I guess it's good that it's game one, right? That's an extra motivator? Yeah, definitely. Um, people always think uh, game one, it's like everyone's still fine-tuning all the technique and kind of getting that chemistry. But just knowing that we have such an important game as our first game, it it's really just... Sh- Putting that, I don't know, like good stress on us, knowing that we need to need to be prepared and we need to be better than we were last year, because we kind of fell apart depth-wise at the end of the game. And um, as long as we prepare and do what we need to do in the off-season, and just seeing those signs saying "Beat Utah," or just having that just in our brains all the time, we all know that okay, we play Utah 153 days. That's just that mental note knows that we need to be ready and be prepared for it. You even know the days. That's impressive. We count down every day on the show, by the way, too. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, we've been, yeah. I mean, we have a little countdown uh, clock in our locker room, and um, everyone has taken note of that. We had a little meeting where we needed to understand the importance of it. And, yeah, we even just even had, before we broke out, broke out as a team, call, uh, Coach Kalani reminded us, he said, how many days do we have? And everyone said 153, so... It's good to know that and just plan for it. I'd like to think you guys know from watching the show, but who knows? Who knows? <laughs> too. Maybe it's Twitter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, when, you, when you look at the next chapter, um, this offseason, I guess, when will you be fully able to play and practice and then, uh, I guess, walk us through kind of the offseason player run practices? Yeah, so I'll be cleared. They said in June, sometime in June, but the more like a few week a week or two ago i got cleared to start running and lifting a little bit more so it'll progress to more and more i'll be able to increase the weight that i'm lifting and the more running the, the faster i can go and just get prepared but i'll be officially cleared to like do contact in june so that'll give me plenty of time to just get ready for the season and get ready for fall camp but yeah the coach grimes and uh, coach clark were stressing the importance of the prps that we'll have um this summer we just know how how much that can help us because yeah like spring ball just ended but we have until august until we start practicing again so if we don't keep that in our minds just the technique the plays the little things that matter um then it does us no good so these player run practices mean a lot and they're definitely going to be intense for us we're going to work harder than we have in the past even though we have worked hard last year we really did have good prps but this year we're putting an even higher um, importance and we really want to do well. I feel like a lot of the excitement from the offseason uh, was building from the end of last season, a lot of which had to do with Zach Wilson. Um, give us an idea of kind of the excitement of, of knowing Zach's back and is expected to hopefully be better than ever. And then, of course, Jaron Hall has played really well in spring as well. Yeah, I mean, Zach and Zach coming in always had just this confidence about him. He's like, okay, this kid's 18, 19, but... He's acting like he's been around the block before. So that's really reassuring, just knowing, like, okay, we we have a guy that knows what he wants to do. He has goals, and he wants to meet them, and he's going to put all the work he needs to do to to get the, to achieve those goals. So, yeah, he uh, 
he's been working, he's been preparing, he's been doing what, he, even though he wasn't participating, he's, I see him in the training room every day, I see him doing extra stuff just so he can get his mind and remember everything um, that he needs to do, so it's, it's really cool learning from him, he knows a lot about coverages and it's just like, wow, what is this guy doing, it's obviously a cover two and this guy is going to roll over here you need to throw it the other way and just like he's really smart when with football iq so that's been awesome but i mean jaron also he's just an athlete he's done really well this spring so competition's always good it raises people to challenges to challenges us to do better and to raise our performance each day so that'll be good seeing the prps and just the more zach gets involved with his shoulder getting better it'll be awesome to see the progress of both of them Okay, well, good luck in the offseason, and uh, we'll probably see you on Media Day in June. Then. All right, perfect. Thank you. Thanks, Matt. BYU Football All Access on BYU Sports Nation. Matt Bushman one-on-one with Jerem Jordan. A couple of things. How tough is Matt Bushman to play better through the pain late in the season? Yeah, pretty wild. And uh, once Ronai Laulaputitao was injured, then shortly thereafter, Matt Bushman kind of occupied that spot, especially as a pass catcher. Um, I'm interested to see how BYU can use double tight sets this year. The second thing is I just can't help but think how borderline weird and semi-crazy it is the amount of injuries that BYU had announced after the season and all of those guys sitting out spring football like should like we be six, more concerned like about six that? of the top 10 players on the team didn't participate in spring football should we be more concerned about that maybe does that mean spring has little to no value then because normally we'd be like hey you got to get better you have the 15 pack they're not they're not getting better physically, like they're recovering. But I mean, physically, like to play. Maybe what th- value do you, you place can, on mental reps? Not as much as physical reps and helping the younger yeah. guys build depth and all that stuff. Yeah, well, good for those younger guys, but not good enough for the older guys, right? Because Zach Wilson needs to be at his peak—the peak of his powers—to beat Utah. So, yeah, just asking the question. Coming up, how did the women's soccer team line up the Argentine national team tomorrow night in Provo? Coach Jennifer Rockwood joins us. Uh, and next. Men's tennis ranked 33rd, playing very well. Why the sudden change for success? Senior Jeffrey Sue joins us as the Cougars prep for senior day. This is BYU Sports Nation. Oh, he's a baller, and he's in the house. Yeah. Jim Fredette was the national player of the year and an NBA lottery pick, but after a five-year career in the association, he found himself in China making waves, but still pursuing a shot in the NBA. Watch his journey in a new documentary entitled The Lonely Master. Debuting Saturday night exclusively on BYU TV at 10 Eastern. Once again, here are your BYU Sports Nation Wednesday headlines. Speaking of the Lonely Master, Jimmer Fredette. He and the Phoenix Suns host the Utah Jazz tonight in the Valley of the Sun. Tonight at 10 Eastern, 8 Mountain. I can hear Howard Huntley saying, Welcome to the Valley of the Sun. Love it. Jimmer Fredette averaging 40 or 40. <laughs> we wish. <laughs> Four points <laughs> per game oh. on 8.3 minutes a contest. Did Mike Brown change the script or what? Five games back into the NBA. <laughs> <laughs> Freudian slip. Uh, Jamarian <laughs> slip. In baseball, Utah beat number 24 BYU 8-6 last night in Salt Lake, ending BYU's eight-game win streak. 21 and 6 Cougars get payback next Tuesday. Yes. In Salt Lake again, right? No, no, no. no in Provo. Provo. Okay, and then in Salt Lake after that. P-Town. Again. Uh, Three-game series at San Diego starts Thursday for the Bad Cats, 9 Eastern on BYU Radio and the app. 
BYU softball beat up on Southern Utah 13 to 4 last night. Libby Sugg, 4 for 4 at the plate. Three runs batted in, a home run, and scored three runs. I had that as excellent. It's uh, basically perfect. The Alliance of American Football, or AAF, has ceased operations in year one after eight weeks of games. This affects former Cougars Jordan Leslie, Hanson Taniello, Tanner Baldry, Micah Hanneman, and Tooney Knooch of the Salt Lake Stallions. That's brutal. Best of luck to those guys. And uh, from what we know, it blindsided everybody in the Alliance of American Football yesterday. Really? Well, the announcement was not, maybe it was expected, but not expected to learn through the media, and everybody learned about it through so the it media. Is in 2019, unfortunately. Man, oh man! You'd rather have the direct uh, conversation. Uh, we're going to have a direct conversation to learn more about the ascension of BYU men's tennis right now. Jeffrey Sue, a senior, is in Studio B making his show debut. Jeffrey, welcome up, Jeffrey? to BYU Sports Nation. Hey guys, it's good to have you here, man. Good how did you uh, make your way to BYU? Walk us through the path of how you ended up in Provo, Utah, playing tennis. Okay, that is pretty interesting. So I was actually in University of New Orleans for two years. They were recruiting me at first, but I I love the city, which is kind of different than Provo. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And but yeah, but I didn't like the tennis program there that much. And then I was asking for help for my from my tennis academy in Irvine. The coach was a member of the church. And, yeah, he got me in contact here. And, yeah, I loved it since I got here. Outstanding. I loved it. That's awesome. You're, you're from Taiwan. Yeah. So, uh, I guess, what's, what's, what are the major differences between Taiwan, New Orleans, and Provo? This okay. is only an hour show. Yeah. So, <laughs> the weather-wise, is pretty similar in New Orleans and Taiwan. It's just really humid and raining, snowing, and not snowing. And then, in here, you see a lot of snow somehow. Mm-hmm. Even now, like last week, it's, it's still snowing. Oh, just wait. It'll still snow. It will? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's pretty dry here. Like, I don't sweat when I play tennis. I run around maybe like one shirt. But back home, if I play a match, I use like 10 shirts. Wow. Yeah. So you're constantly changing your shirt yeah. in the match? Huh. Before today, did you know about this show, BYU Sports Nation? I do know this show. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yes. Nice. Yeah. Fantastic. Nice. It's a good answer. And even if you didn't, you should answer and say yeah, yes. Just yes. Say yes. I, yeah. I knew yeah. about the show. This season's been really good for the men's tennis team. You guys are in the, uh, we're in the top 25. You're up to number 33. Um, I guess what's changed for this team to be so good this season? I think it's mostly about our preparation. This year, every match before the match, our preparation was really good. And we didn't change the thing that is working, which is really good for us. And, yeah, I got us to this point. Everyone's fighting as a team. We're like a big family. Yeah, I loved it, and we're doing really well. What does, it be, what does it mean to you and the team to be, at one point, ranked in the top 25, not far out now at number 33, mm-hmm. to see that number? What, how does that feel, and what does it mean? Oh, it's a huge booster to our energy. It's like everything was paying off, whatever we did on court, off the court. And, yeah, we're supporting each other, whoever is playing or not playing. We just love each other as a team, as a family. Sixteen and three overall, five and one in the West Coast Conference, and eleven and zero at home. Yeah. What's the what, describe to us what kind of home court advantage you guys have in Provo? Oh, of course the crowd, the fans. They are super nice. Like the other team come, they're always scared of our our fans, and because there's just so many of them. You don't like, see what are they that doing here? School. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. are, are they loud? Are they rowdy? Is it's the volume? I mean, how do they help? 
Yeah, college tennis, usually, like, the fans is very loud. And here is even louder than other school. That doesn't happen in New Orleans, which is I love here. Sure, yeah. sure. How does it compare to the crowds that you see at Wimbledon and the U.S. Open? Like, how, how is the college tennis crowd different than the highest-level professional crowd? Well, professional crowd, actually, when, like, the points are playing, you're not allowed to, like, cheer, shout. But here, because we have four courts, and, like, people would cheer if the middle court got a point and the first court is still playing, which is kind of interesting. <laughs> yeah. Did I do that something good? Yeah. Like, whoa, hey, why are you making noise? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. That's it. That is really interesting. Yeah. Um, you, you've been ranked as high as number 17 in the country with your doubles uh, teammate, Sean Hill. Yeah. You're, you're in the, what did you say, 42 right now? 42 right now, yeah. So you're top 50, which is really good. Um, what's gone into the success of uh, your doubles team with Sean Hill? Well, last year, our partnership was the first year of partnership, and we kind of get used to each other's games. But this year, in the fall, we did really well. We got to the round of 16 All-American, and kind of like we changed our mind, mindset about like volleys and serves, which be more aggressive, and just be confident. We're that good, yeah. Yeah, you guys are top 50, which yeah. is fantastic. Congratulations on all the success, Jeffrey. Thanks, Thanks. for coming in. Um, we would love for you to sign our Sailor Coog flag. Give us uh, your autograph before you go. And let's give you some BYU Sports Nation karma yeah, as you approach Senior Day, man. Good yeah. luck. San Francisco, uh, Friday, one thirty local time if you want to go support the uh, Cougars. Thanks for coming in, man. Is there still free pizza? There there still free, free pizza. pizza. <laughs> so uh, starving college students, you know who you are. Come on. That's what let's, gets the crowd really rowdy. Yeah, exactly. The secret to success is good tennis and free pizza. <laughs> okay, coming up, Argentina against BYU. Who knew this would ever happen? Coach Jennifer Rockwood of Women's Soccer joins us in studio. Yes, she does. How do they beat Argentina is the real question as mm. BYU Women's Soccer gears up for a match with some FIFA taste behind it. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tomorrow night, the BYU women's soccer team hosts the Argentine national team who is preparing for the World Cup in France this summer. Watch it on BYU TV and the app at 9 Eastern time. This is big time, man. Cannot wait. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation with our question of the day. What kind of stat line do you expect from Jimmer Fredette tonight? His head coach, Igor Kokoshkov, said he's going to play more. How will that translate in these statistical categories? Max Fillmore answers on Instagram. Considering he was jet-lagged and was busy with his child's birth the first few weeks. Great points. He'll get more time and actually get to shine. 15 to 20 points, three assists, two rebounds, and this is after six minutes and a six-point game against the Cavs. Those are fantastic points. No, absolutely. I I didn't think about how Balancing a brand-new child? Jet lag? Yeah, who doesn't even, <gasps> who's in Denver, right? They're hanging out in Denver, and he's doing his thing in the NBA for 10 games? Yeah, pretty crazy. All right, we'll see if uh, Jimmer can acclimate and uh, take advantage of his increased playing time. Join the conversation 24-7, hashtag BYUSN. Joining us now, our second in-studio guest today, the head coach of BYU Women's Soccer, Jennifer Rockwood, as she prepares for Argentina. FIFA wow. comes in and says, hey, BYU, will you take on... <laughs> Argentina, the national team. Coach, when you first found out about this, what would you think? 
Well, it's kind of so hard to believe. We're just so excited that they're here, and they chose, of all the places in the world, they're here in Provo, Utah. And uh, it's kind of crazy how it came to be, and uh, we got contact from a UNLV coach that they might be coming when we were down there for one spring, and we made it happen, and they're here. They're here practicing on Haas Field. They played UVU last night. They'll practice again today, and then we get to play them tomorrow night. We're really excited. What a great opportunity for all of us. This is a team that's going to play in the World Cup. Yeah. Um, that's pretty gnarly and, and an incredible experience. Has the uh-huh. team hosted a team of this caliber before or, or um, even on the road? No, we haven't. We've, we've, we've played uh, Haiti before when they've come to town. We've played South Africa, and we've played against the U-20 national teams from Mexico and the U.S., but never kind of hosting where they're here for the week. Um, and preparing and this is kind of a big preparation for them to to play in France in the World Cup and and uh, exciting for we're really excited for them but excited that we have this chance to compete against them we're talking about the 37th ranked team in the world according Mm -hmm. to the latest FIFA rankings Mm -hmm. and fun fact you bring up the game against Haiti that was the first play-by-play game I did after my return to BYU TV Let's hope this isn't the last. And now here we are. We're bookending (laughs) it. Yeah, we we scored a lot of goals that game. So, yeah, let's let's do it again. Yeah, you set the expectation. I was like, oh, sweet. BYU scores five goals every game. This is going to be amazing. I feel like Argentina might be better than Haiti. I I think we might need to calm down here. Do you you have to coach differently in a game like this where it is an exhibition. Uh You don't want anyone to get hurt ever. It's different than, say, October against Pepperdine for a championship, right? Yeah, but when you have a chance like this, you know, you want to go out and prove yourself. And and part of our our offseason right now, we've, we've played six games. We, we have a few left, and so we're just trying to get better and better for the fall. So, you know, we don't quite know what to expect from them. We've, we've seen a little bit of video. The last tournament they were in was in Australia, and they played the Australian national team, South Korea, New Zealand. Um, so we go out there and prepare and expect to win and play our best, just like we do every time we step on South Field. So uh, we're not uh, changing too much. We might have to make adjustments at halftime, but right now we want to go out with our game plan and see, what, see how it goes. Is it FIFA rules for this? Yes, I, th- I believe we'll play FIFA sure. rules. Okay. Uh, fewer substitutions um, in the clock in the hands of the officials, those type of things. But, yeah, we're trying to accommodate whatever is, is best for them as well. All right, Argentina about to get a taste of South Field in Provo, Utah. Uh, you lose the one senior in mm-hmm. Maddie Gates, and you watch this young core of players and team kind of gel in the second half of the season. You mm-hmm. win a West Coast Conference title. So mm-hmm. with Gates gone and Olivia Wade leaving on a mission, mm-hmm. what do you expect from this group, not just against Argentina, but moving forward? Yeah, you know, a couple of big losses, but at the same time returning most all of our players and all of our starters. And as for our coaching staff, that's always a great thing. There's a lot of experience. There's some great leaders there. We've got some great captains and uh, really pleased with how this offseason has gone. Um, we're better than we were um, right now than the fall. And uh, so we're excited about that. The girls are anxious to continue to get better each and every day and and um, loved how we finished our season. Obviously should have won our first game and uh, that's kind of what driving the girls to, to get better and better. But we'll have a very experienced team uh, this next fall with a really challenging schedule and uh, we're excited for it. Yeah, yeah. How are you better out of curiosity? Um, I think that our, you know, we're, we're a team that presses a lot. Uh, I think uh, that's something that's unique uh, for our program and it allows us to win the ball back and make our opponents very uncomfortable. I think there's a lot better understanding of how that works. You know, you can't have three people pressing and the other seven not. And so um, I think we're all together on that. Um, I think our players have become a lot more confident in the attack. You know, we scored a lot more goals this year than we did the previous year. So we're working on that. You know, uh, Cameron Tucker and Elise Flake and Kayla Coulihan and Lizzie and Bella, you know, they're just better than they were in the fall and playing more confident right now. So um, plus we return
turn an entire back line and our starting goalkeeper. And, you know, that, that's rare in soccer. And so that experience will be huge for us defensively. Mm. I'm excited for this. This is yeah. a huge opportunity. Tomorrow night, 9 Eastern, uh, 7 Mountain. If you want to go, it's free, which yeah. is exciting. Yeah, we hope um, that they'll be great. Or you great. can watch mm-hmm. on uh, BYU TV and the app. So good luck tomorrow night. Let's give you some BYU Sports Nation karma. Okay, thanks, please. Against Argentina. Yes. Uh, don't blame any of your players if they're overly aggressive shooting, by the way, because yeah. they're like, oh, I want to score against Argentina. Absolutely. Like, that would be amazing, Absolutely. Right? Yeah, that's what we've been working You're like, on You know week. what? That was from 40 uh, yeah. yards out. That's fine. <laughs> that's you know fine. what? We probably need to get in the box, but that's all right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, we're excited. And hope fans will come out and support them. Uh, the UVU game last night, there was a, a lot of Argent, Argentina fans, and uh, they had their flags and their scarves sure. and their jer- messy jerseys on. Yeah, and so, uh, you know, they won. And so we hope that that, that, that group will come out and, mm. and cheer them on as well. Okay. Yeah, it's free. Show up if That's you're cool. local. And if really you're cool. not, then you can watch it live on BYU TV. Absolutely. Great stuff. Thanks, Jen. Hey, thanks, thanks, guys. Jen. Appreciate it. Coming up, a perfect night for a BYU softball player. Yeah, that's probably an accurate description of that. And a Cougar getting ready for opening day. The whip is next. This is BYU Sports Nation. Shout out to today's guests, women's soccer head coach Jen Rockwood, getting ready for Argentina, and Jeffrey Sue of 33rd ranked BYU men's tennis. If you miss any of the show, you can download the podcast. Go to BYUSN.com. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Jimmer! Fredette and the Phoenix Suns host the Utah Jazz tonight, 10 Eastern Time. Lonely Master averaging four points a game in eight minutes. Baseball. Lost to Utah. Boo! Ending the number 24 Batcats eight-game win streak. Utah had lost nine in a row before that. (laughs) BYU 21-6. Play a three-game series in West Coast Conference play against San Diego starting Thursday at 9 Eastern on BYU Radio and the app. Softball. Cougars beat Southern Utah 13-4. Libby Sugg won a perfect 4-for-4. Four four. Three runs, three RBIs, and a home run. The Cougars are 14-8. Football. The Alliance of American Football, or AAF, has ceased operations in year one after just eight weeks of games. This affects former Cougars Jordan Leslie, Hanson Tanielu, Tanner Baldery, Micah Hanneman, and Tooney Kanuch of the Salt Lake Stallions. Best luck to all of those gentlemen moving forward. Golf. Women's team took fourth place at the Bruzzy at Lontana Golf Club in Argyle, Texas. The Bruzzy. Rose Huang led the Cougars shooting 300 for sixth place. Mm-hmm. Volleyball. I feel like I should have said that. All good. Number 11, BYU men's volleyball faces Grand Canyon in Arizona in the last regular season match at 9 Eastern. Win on the road. Let's go. Cougars 12-10 and 10 overall. Tennis. BYU Men's Tennis claims the number 33 spot in the latest ITA Oracle Collegiate Tennis D1 Men's National Rankings. Cougars host San Francisco. Final home match Friday, 1.30 Mountain Time. Free pizza, everybody. Cougars in the minors. The Salt Lake Bees have announced that former Cougar outfielder Brennan Lund Holler. is on the opening day roster. AAA Baseball. Let's go, Brennan. Nice. Marks the first time Lund has reached and will appropriately play to AAA. Oh, he'll reach. A lot. Let's go. Yeah, absolutely. Jeremy, it's a championship Wednesday. Culminating in the finale of the Tournament of BYU Things. The Tournament of BYU Things. Who or what will reign supreme? The championship matchup all set after Royal Blue defeated Cougar Tails in the semifinals yesterday with 76% of the vote. A runaway in the final four. Now we will crown a champ. Two Mm. heavyweights head-to-head as Cosmo takes on Royal Blue. 
Vote Who's going to win this one? Vote today, people. You make the choice. I bet Cosmo wins, but hardly any of these matchups have been close. I think this one's a kind of 55-45 winner okay. for Cosmo. That's what I'm going I'm guessing will happen. BYU Sports Nation Twitter account tomorrow we announce a champion in the tournament of BYU things. Now for today's rise and shoutouts. Jaron, for me, this is an unbelievable story. A 13-year-old boy sells his Xbox and then does yard work in secret, making a bunch of money and buys his mom a car as a surprise. Her name is Crystal Preston. Her son, William Rabio, surprised her. <laughs> Preston said he'd been busy mowing lawns and cleaning yards. He turned into a money-making machine recently. That's why she didn't question when the teen said he had a job to go to. When he came back home, she realized this time was different. William came home, and I quote, and said, Mom, I bought you a car. Preston wrote, I, of course, laughed and told him, yeah, right. Then she walked outside, and he had a car and a congratulatory note, the title of the car, in his hands. Nice. Incredible. What what a stud. I'm assuming he's in a single-parent household. I was a 13-year-old in a single-parent household. I didn't have enough money to buy my mom a car. I needed the business acumen of this kid, man. That's impressive. I can't wait for this kid to show up on Ellen and every other talk show. He needs to make the rounds. Yeah, that's Get cool. him in there. How did a 13-year-old buy a car? I want to know that, It's incredible. Too. Well, I mean, it's it's a definitely a used car and shit. Like I, right. But still. I mean, like, legally, still, how do you buy it? That's great. He got some help. He bought somebody. the car to surprise his mom. That is amazing. Mine goes to Phoenix Suns head coach Igor Kokoskov. He says he's going to play Jimmer Moore. Prove it. <laughs> it's the way he presented it too. Dry, I'm serious. He will deadpan, tongue in cheek humor. Let's say it. Good friends with uh, Quinn Snyder, the head coach. Of the Jazz. He said Quinn Snyder and the Utah Jazz better be ready. Let's G- hear it. Let's hear it again. Jim Miller is coming. <laughs> we just get him ready for Utah. That's what it is. So just a warm up. He's got it tomorrow to work on his game, and Quinn Snyder better be ready. Jim is coming. And I'm serious. He's going to play more. He's serious. Okay. Bang. Okay. Let's see. Okay. So that part, I'm like, all right. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's joking up until that point. He's like, he's serious. He's going to play more. How much more? Let's see it tonight. How much more? Our question of the day. What kind of stat line do you expect from Jimmer Fredette? Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort celebrating 50 years at Jake Harkemp. 30, 30, and 30. Hey, Russell Westbrook, do you like apples? Okay. <laughs> Sorry to Dennis Pitter, we ran out of time. The conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Westbrook goes for 20, 20, and 20 last night. That is crazy. For Jerem. <laughs> I am Spencer. Shout out to Michael Smith. See you tomorrow for BYU Sports Nation at noon Eastern. Go Kooks.